Happy Thanksgiving, Nate Baranowski. Happy Thanksgiving. Man, that came quick. I'd like to thank all the new listeners out there. I'm Nate Baranowski here with my co-host, Stephen Robles, and this is Movies on the Side. I feel like we should introduce ourselves at the beginning of the episodes because we have some new listeners jumping on each week. I'd like to say okay, it's a bit of a phenomenon. Do you know what number episode this is, Nate Baranowski? This, on my screen, it says episode 30. That is right. Nate, I am thankful that we have 30 episodes mm. of this beautiful podcast. Absolutely. I'm also thankful that the movie that we're watched today mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. not nearly as interesting as what we are about to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, I am so excited to present to you this, I don't know what I even call it. What is is the name of this situation? First of all, because we have new listeners, we're going to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, the movie, and we're going to do our top five that we do every week. We do a top five. But this week, it's very special because it's a Thanksgiving-themed top five. Mm. And what is it, Nate? Tell them. It is the top five Thanksgiving side dishes. That's right. And what I am most thankful for, because this is a a special Thanksgiving episode, is that my ear canal is totally clear right now. Clean as a whistle. Hey, Steven. You mean like you got some wax removed? It's like I'm I'm like part of the bit right now. I'm so excited for you to share. Okay, before you even start, I'm just, I'm just milking this. My <laughs> yeah. sister sent me a WhatsApp from Papua New Guinea, and she wow. said, have Stephen talk about what I saw on his Instagram <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. The world yeah. is clamoring and simultaneously not ready for this. <laughs> Listeners, if you are squeamish, I recommend you figure out how chapters work in your podcast app and jump to the Ant-Man and Wasp review because what you are about to hear may disturb you. So it was a cold and it wasn't actually stormy, but it was actually a cool Florida evening. I had finished watching one half of Ant-Man and the Wasp, the movie we're reviewing today. And as I laid my head onto the pillow to go to sleep, I did not feel anything on my head or face, but all of a sudden, something jammed itself into my left ear canal. Now, this is not something that happens often, and so it's a a new feeling uh, that happens to you, but I recognize that it was an animal of sorts because I felt it moving in my ear scurrying about something like that and so I did probably the worst thing one could do in a situation which is I jumped out of bed got a q-tip and jammed it in my ear <gasps> not jammed hard but I was trying to use the q-tip to you cannonballed it I tried to remove said object thinking maybe this is some winged insect or whatever, and that I can use the Q-tip to coax it out of the canal to no avail. You ramrodded it. 
kept moving, <laughs> kept moving in my ear canal. And so I called for my wife, who also jumped out of bed, and she had the idea, I mean, she's the smart one of the family, to pour hydrogen peroxide down my ear, at least in an, in an attempt to kill said insect, which I was very eager for this thing to not be moving in my sure. ear anymore. Burrowing deeper and deeper. <laughs> Thank you. So we poured hydrogen peroxide into my ear over and over again, bubbling and all that kind of stuff, until I could tell it was sufficiently dead. So no more movement in my ear, but still something clearly lodged in there. My wife attempted to tweezer this object out, but it was too far down. And all that she was able to extract (laughs) was a single leg. If you have ever lived in Florida, you're probably accustomed to the sight of this kind of leg. And I'll just leave it there for now. So knowing that she was not going to be able to remove it, and it was clearly not coming out on its own, I was not about to spend a number of hours sleeping with something lodged in my ear. And so I went to the emergency room. Come to find out, my first time ever. I went in and they were like, uh, who are you again? Not even in their system. I, I broke my streak. I was a little disappointed about that. Mm-hmm. Stuck my name. You know, you wait over here and then you go over there and you wait some more and then you go to the last room and you wait again. And then I finally got to uh, the bed. It was about 45 minutes in with something in my ear. Didn't, didn't really hurt, but, you know, there was pressure. Like you could feel something was in there. Sure. So uh, a couple nurses come, check me out take blood pressure, whatever. And then they asked, so what's going on? I said, well, I'm pretty sure there's something in my ear. And so guy grabs one of those, uh, you know, ear-looking things mm-hmm. you've, yeah, everyone's accustomed to, looks in my ear and says, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't see anything. I said, well, my wife pulled out a leg from something that's in there, so maybe you should check again. To which he jammed the thing further in my ear I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty deep in there. said, uh, thank you. The fact that he, that the, at first glance was like, no, you're fine. Yes. You may have convinced me that Q-tips, after all, although I'm in the year of Q-tip abstinence. Right. That this might not be the way to go ever. Because you really jammed that dude down there. I don't think the cleanliness of my ear canal had anything to do with the distance he burrowed. No, but I anyway. don't think it's the cleanliness. I think, it's, I think you really, really shoved it back there with the Q-tip. Oh, I mean, I think I was pretty careful. But anyway, anyway. Okay. So, yeah, the, the fact that he didn't see it on first pass got me pretty nervous. <laughs> because I knew it was in there. Um. So anyway, and then the other nurse lady who was with him said, uh, oh, can I see? I was like, yeah, uh, sh- fine. Janice, Janice, come in here. You got to see this. Have you ever seen this? So the nurse says, listen, uh, there's someone that does here. They, they do this all the time. Uh, you know, people come in with stuff in their ear. Dane does it all the time. Dane, be great. the ear, forceps. Yes, Dane. Master. Dane's yes, very familiar with this procedure. 
I said, great, love to meet Dane. And so they leave and, you know, you wait 15 more minutes. And then a young 30-something doctor-looking guy comes in, sits next to me. He says, hey, what's going on? You know, it's always this weird thing. Like whenever you're at the doctor's office, like no one communicates. You know, you tell the nurse what's going on. Then the doctor comes in, they ask you the same question. But anyway, what's going on? I said, uh, I think there's a bug in my ear. He said, all right, well, let's take a look. So he looks down there, sticks it deep in, and he says, uh, Woof, that's going to be a tough one. <laughs> Roused much confidence in me. Now, let, I'm going to pause you here. Yeah, please. Dane, I assume, yes. grew up playing a lot of Operation. I assume that is what... <laughs> I assume nowadays, that about all doctors. <laughs> sure, but I mean, to be the, the ear digger outer specialist, you really right. got to gotta know your way around a banana forceps that's right carry on i also would like to at this point the q-tip comes into play because he looked in my good ear first because he wanted to get an idea of what kind of canal he was going to be working with sure and he asks me do you q-tip i said every day he said wow your ears are immaculate very clean are you lying right now i am literally not Wow. He actually said those words. And I asked him, I was like, yeah, I've heard uh, you, maybe you're not supposed to do it every day. Kind of trying to fish for that, you know, mm-hmm. am I, is this a good thing or not? He never acknowledged it because I asked him as he was looking in my left ear and he was exclaiming how deep the bug in got again. So I didn't get a straight answer from that doctor about his feeling on Q-tipping. But he, he described it as immaculate, which in my mind is a positive adjective. I'm going to think it was a good thing. Anyway. Yeah. I have very clean ears, apparently. So he says, uh, all right, well, I'll be right back. And he leaves. Another 15 minutes go by, expecting him to come back. But a, uh, a, a smallish uh, Asian woman steps into the uh, curtained area. She says, hey, I'm Dane. I said, okay, well, I, I wonder who that last guy was. Not sure why he was even in oh, here. Oh, that wasn't Dane. That was not Dane. Yeah, I was under the impression that was Dane the whole time, not Dane. Dane is the smallest Asian woman, comes in, and, and for some reason, I felt more comforted seeing this Dane. Mm. Some about that other guy, I don't know. I'm glad yeah. she did it. So she takes a look. You know, this is about the fourth person to look in my ear now. Sure. And she says, uh, oh, yeah, we got this. Uh, so I got a little more confident. Dane might actually be a title that's passed down, sort of like Ant-Man mm. or the Wasp. Like the like Buddha? You become the Dane. <laughs> I like that. I like that. D E I N. I asked her how to spell it because I wanted to oh, okay. to write it down. Oh, oh is correctly. that the person that uh, you got a selfie with later? Sorry, I'm jumping the story. Yes, you, you jumped ahead, but that's fine. Yes, that is who I got a selfie with. And so she says, "Okay, well, we have to get the alligator forceps. That's the technical name, mm-hmm. but they're in the operating room, so it's going to be a minute. Wipe off the blood quick. <laughs> got me a little nervous knowing that these forceps." are having to be used in the operating room. But I said, okay. You know, she said it's a long way down, so she had the long one. So I said, okay. So wait another 15 minutes, and she comes in. She has the forceps. She says, all right, lay on your side. Lay on my side. And she begins to take her first pass at the insect. She only gets a leg. She gets one leg out. And I'd like to tell our listeners... Again, if you're squeamish, I apologize, but it is painful. 
I guess there's a lot of nerve endings in the ear, which I think we've talked about before, which is why Q-tip is kind of enjoyable. So a lot of, a lot of nerves there. Very, uh, very painful as she's attempting to pull it out. But first pass, she just gets a leg. And she like holds it in front of my, she gets it out and holds it in front of my face as I'm laying on my side to kind of prove that she's working on it, I guess. So I said, okay, thank you. Is this the culprit? <laughs> is this the one? <laughs> is that the, the one out of however many? Yeah. She takes a second pass, tugging on it pretty hard, no dice. Didn't come out. Now, I don't make a lot of sounds, just in general. I'm a very in quiet life. person. <laughs> just in general. And especially when it comes to pain, I, I usually don't. But I was, I was making some sounds. And this is not a private room. You know, it was a curtain thing, you know, people next to you. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, was, uh, I was making some sounds. It was, it was painful. So she takes the third pass, really gets those alligator forceps in there, pulls and pulls. And then holds it in front of my face, to which it is a cockroach, not of an insignificant size. So she holds it in front of my face, and and then I ask, "Did you get it all?" And I look back, and she's gone. <laughs> Just disappeared. Dane out. <laughs> but then I hear in the little like antechamber with all the other nurses. Frank, she was she was basically showing everybody. Frank, get in here! I literally heard someone say like, <laughs> "Look what I did!" I heard people say like, "Oh, that's gross!" God. So she I'm was showing the it off. now. Listen, I have no problem. Show it off, but also, can you let me know if that was it, please? <laughs> so she comes back in, and I love that she just ran out and like, guys, look at. <laughs> Because you know what? Not I would do exactly the same thing. <laughs> I would too. Like, I didn't blame her. And so she, so I asked her, I was like, did you get it all? She's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let me take a look. And so she takes the last look. It's out. It's all out. Mm-hmm. She puts it on a paper towel in front of me. And I take a picture of it. Mm-hmm. And I will flash it in the chapter imagery for all of five seconds. Look mm-hmm. now. Okay, it's gone. If you care to see it, you can also go on my um, Twitter. It's, it's there too. But anyway, she uh, she looks in. No damage. Uh, eardrum was untorn, and we're good, good to go. I ask her, "Can I take a selfie?" She says, "No one's ever asked me that before," and that felt very nice. I was glad to have, be her first selfie. Did you ask about eggs? No, I did not ask about eggs because I got a prescription for eardrops. Or roach that I have to. It's a combination of raid and antibiotics, <laughs> to which I need to put in my ear for the next ten days. And so I began to do that. But uh, yeah, full on roach in my ear. Well, that is super super gross. Uh, but yes. my one follow up uh, to this, and yes. we discussed this briefly. But uh, we discussed moving forward because I thought to myself. What is, how does a man live now that every night could be Ear Roach Hotel night? Mm. To which she responded with... Earplugs every night. From now till 2049. That's right. From now to 2049. I will be saying, and my wife. <laughs> also, oh, she's doing earplugs too? She's doing it too. The ordeal was traumatic enough for her. Uh, she will be joining me. Now, let me tell you something that I'm thankful for. <laughs> Yes. And I think our listeners are thankful for as well. 
Yes. I am thankful that this did not happen to me. <laughs> you have given us a wonderful Thanksgiving gift that we're all grateful that there has never been a roach that we know of that has gone right. into our ears. When I told my wife of your situation, she was not surprised. She says, roaches cannot turn around. I mean, they, they cannot back up. They can only right. turn around. So if there's no room to turn around, they get stuck. She says, it's not that uncommon, to which I replied, I was hoping for a better reaction than this. <laughs> I wanted her to be a little bit more like Dane. Yeah. The fact that Dane does this routinely, apparently, got me a little troubled, encouraging the uh, earplug practice. But also, I remember growing up, I used to watch a show called Trauma Life in the ER. I believe it was on TLC. Mm-hmm. And it was about real life stories of people going to the emergency room and they kind of dramatize it or whatever. But I remember one of the stories being a lady who got some bug, flying bug in her ear, stuck. She would hear it flapping its wings or whatever and they had to yank it out with a forceps. And I remember as a teenager or whatever being like, gosh, I can't imagine that would ever happen to me. That sounds horrible. I just love that you now have a story when you bounce your grandchildren on your knee and they're at <laughs> They're right at that age where they like to be grossed out a little bit, six mm-hmm. or seven. Yep, yep. You can really pull this one out, and they'll be like, you're lying, Grandpa. And then you pull out that petrified roach, which I assume you <laughs> saved in a mason jar. I did not save it, Nate. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. Th- this way, the roach can grow over the years, as legends do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what I can show is the pair of earplugs that I will carry with me 24-7 now. At all times. Do not cry out for Grandpa at night. He will not hear you. Uh, In case of fire, please go shake him awake. (laughs) Yes, that's right. But I I am thankful that it is not in my ear. The irony is not lost on me that this happened right after I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp. (laughs) Steven and the Roach, the follow-up movie. (laughs) So speaking of which, we watched Ant-Man and the Wasp the sequel to the Marvel movie, the day or the week of Stan Lee's passing. Stan Lee, the creator of many of the Marvel superheroes, died at 95? Correct. 95 years old. And, um, yeah. So, in respect for him, it's sad that he's gone. He has some amazing cameos in all the movies. I'm going to put a link to a, a YouTube supercut. Right. But, we watched a Marvel movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right, and so it, it was it. great because neither of us had seen this movie before, That's right. so it was and a perfect, perfect excuse to watch another Marvel movie. Yes. And so I began to take notes during this movie, and basically, it's, uh, it boils down to I like it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I think Paul Rudd is great in these movies. The, uh, all the little kind of bits that they do, like the close-up magic jokes and all that kind of stuff. The uh, the wardrobe. No, it's a tall dresser. Yeah, that's what you call a wardrobe. Like all those little, uh, all those little bits. I thought it was great. Right. The, I was hoping there'd be more... Was there supposed to be more sleight-of-hand magic as part, like later on in the movie? I thought that would really... His close-up magic would pay off in some interesting way. That would have been fun. But, uh, but no. And, you know, I really like the relationship he has with his daughter. Like that the opening scene of them, like with the cardboard maze and everything. 
Yeah. I think I think they have a nice uh, nice connection and and that was fun. Okay, so Ant-Man and the Wasp. Let's dig in here for just a second. Yes. Or or a minute. <laughs> let's talk about the relationships in this movie. I'm going to say a relationship and you give me the from 1 to 10 your level of care. Like how much okay. did it really matter to you? Okay? Right. Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ant-Man and his daughter. Nine. Ant-Man and the Wasp. About a six. Hank Pym and his estranged wife, Janet Pym. Mm, I'd say an eight. I'd say a seven or eight. Lawrence Fishburne and the ghost girl. <sighs> mm, that's that's like a three. Okay. That's all I got for now. <laughs> there are more connections, but part of what I wanted to like go through is that there are a lot of different relationships in this movie that I enjoyed. Yeah, and I thought yes. some of them were better than others. I, for example, the Ant Man and the Wasp, like their romance in the romance corner section, not my like not my favorite. Like meh. No. Yeah. yeah. But the, the daughter. Um, the yeah the estranged couple that were she was down Hank. in the yeah tardigrade world. realm right yeah quantum realm and in the quantum realm and Re- i liked yeah. i think the best character in this whole movie although i think uh paul rudd is good is paul rudd's uh ex-con friend guy. <laughs> his, his the security Pena. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. could watch like Michael Pena's scenes were a delight. I think in the first A Man movie, his scenes were a little too much. Like he was in, I think, more of the movie, and they they do that supercut scenes of like his voice, but all the characters are moving their mouths, mm-hmm. kind of story recounting. As he tells I think the story, did, right? Yeah, they do like three times in the original, and that felt too much. But in this one, I think they did it. They only did it once. And I did. I really did enjoy him in this movie. I thought he was genuinely fun as a character, like the whole truth serum bit. Yes. And the driving the car, like I, I enjoyed all of that. And I, I was gonna say the, um, so the ghost character, the mm-hmm. you know, you asked about the relationship between Lawrence Fishburne and her. You know, the whole backstory there, I. I would have made a lot more sense if he was her dad or some kind of I don't know like how they actually how he came to like take her under his wing was felt a little convoluted right it didn't didn't seem that their connection was strong enough for him to care for her so much like he really took on a father role which they have that brief scene like as her parents died in the crash or the explosion or whatever yeah but yeah you're right it almost seemed like wait why Lawrence fishburne why are you so invested in her because i've seen no uh, inclination from her from the ghost girl that she particularly likes you <laughs> right now i did like the scene between Lawrence fishburne and hank pym character like when he goes to the school to look seek for help and like they're like yes. cutting back and forth like that was a fun scene and written pretty well i think the and I want to say the ghost character, I think is a cool superhero, like phasing and like mm-hmm. you know, can't really punch her and stuff. And the costume I thought was 
pretty cool, like pretty intimidating. Yes. And look, it looked pretty cool. Did you ever think to yourself, why doesn't the wasp or Ant-Man, why don't they just fly out of reach of her? Because she can phase through things, yes, but she can't fly. They always like running away, like, Paul Rudd, get a flying ant guy and a wasp. You have wings. Just like fly to nine feet. I think most of the scenes up into the. Yeah, they they seem to not be able to carry the lab very easily. And most of the movies, them like fighting over the lab. And so, do you know, know. I, I didn't realize this till after watching the movie and looking at the trivia that that lab is not a big lab. They shrunk down. It is a small suitcase size lab that they built like, a little dollhouse that then they they blew up. So, for example, like that's why the handle's on it. And then, if you look closely inside the lab, apparently there are like giant paper clips and like giant AA really? batteries, like you know, doing that, things. I, that feels like a continuity issue. Like I don't understand how you can build something dollhouse proportions with dollhouse material sized things. Well, maybe the, the, the floors and like bigger things are dollhousey things, but yeah, yeah, once you start building a, a quantum tunnel, you better uh, increase the size of the whole thing and then <laughs> yeah. bring in real equipment. You can't I just would think. use like thumbtacks. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like paper mache. But I did, but I, you know, I think it is cool, like the, the Hot Wheels wheel case of cars and how they're actually real cars that they can deploy as needed. And let me, and I just want to say, like, all the action and fight scenes, the element of shrinking and making things larger, I think makes all those scenes really fun. Yes. Like, even the, the car chase scenes where they shrink and the, you know, normal size car goes over them. And so then they go back to normal size and the car flips. Like, all, I think they utilized that ability really well. And, like, it's, it's fun to watch and it pays off. Like, all the things that you would hope they would use that shrinking and growing ability to do, like, they do it. And right. it's, it's fun. It's a lot of Did fun. Did you get some uh, Matrix Reloaded vibes from the ghost uh, phasing through the car? Yes. I forgot about that. Yes. Looks similar. I mean, even in color wardrobe to those uh, two guys from the Matrix <laughs> Reloaded. It's interesting. Right. I, okay. We're, we're kind of like skating through this movie because I think both you and I have about the same opinion as like, this is perfectly serviceable and this has like had some fun parts. Uh, mm-hmm. To be a little bit critical, yes, I think there are parts of the movie that the stakes don't quite seem large enough, uh, especially compared mm-hmm. to all that uh, the Marvel movies are. And I didn't think that the ghost as a villain, as like the main bad villain, I well, I know the uh, Walton Goggins, our good friend Sonny Birch, who's been in two oh. other. Movies on the side, movies we've done. G.I. Joe and um, Tomb Raider. Oh, right. So we see him a lot. I thought he was fine, but I don't know. It just seemed like the scale of it at some point, like they try to make it like really mean a lot, but there's a lot of just like, get the lab. Oh, the lab's gone missing. We need it. All right. We need to go down to get my mom, but we're not quite sure if she's alive. <laughs> But like, I need to be back because I'm on house arrest. And my whole time, I'm thinking like, is Thanos around? Isn't he like? Aren't they fighting for the universe? And he's worried about right. like getting caught by the FBI. Which another great character. I liked that Jimmy Woo, the uh, 
Yes. That FBI guy. He he was hilarious. Like, even at the end where he's like, hey, you want to come over for dinner? No? Oh, you didn't really mean that? Like, they have good, uh, yeah, they have good stuff there. Did you like, um, did you like the ghost as a, a villain? Did you like her, like, I, it or was did you kinda, consider Walton Goggins the main villain? No, I considered Ghost the main antagonist. I felt the other guy was almost like, was he really necessary to be that big in the movie as far as like played that much of a role? Right. You know, I don't, and again, like I didn't like him in this movie either. <laughs> I think Tomb Raider is the only one of the three <laughs> we've seen that I actually like him acting in. While I've liked him in all these movies. Really? You like him in this one, too? I think too? he plays about the same role in all three of these. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, she... she, I don't know. She was she was okay. If we were going to rate her on a scale of 1 to 10, I would give her like a 5 on the bad guy rating. Okay. Okay. So, Middle of the road. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this movie is fun at times, funny, and... A perfectly fine rent it at home and watch it yeah that's like my my overall thoughts on it and the uh did you see both cutscenes at the end i did i did yeah the one of them wisping away i thought was a a good cliffhanger you know sure i'm a little bit confused by the quantum realm as far as i hope it was that a- gets explained earlier like why um Janet Van Dyne uh, was. Oh, yeah, she's not able to just. Him. Sorry, Janet Van Dyne was down there for thirty years and is maybe now like super powerful. Maybe an X Man. Sure. Yeah. 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 There were definitely a lot of sciencey sounding terms too, kind of thrown around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was kind of that was kind of funny. I've never quite understood this. Maybe you could answer this for me. The mm-hmm. quantum realm. Yes. Does. What it does is like mess with your mind or like when you're down there. I think this is a, you know, like you ever read into string theory and that kind of stuff? Sure. You know, every <laughs> like Tuesdays, it's string theory. Night. <laughs> it's your string theory you day. <laughs> There's actually a bunch of articles up, apparently on it as I was searching around, but yeah, I don't. I don't think it's really based on reality as far as there's so okay, here's one thing. So you're gonna call on some level you're saying quantum entanglement is not is not gonna be uh no, just so you no. could like be in someone else's body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that doesn't happen. So the, the tardigrades, you know, there's a that animal that sure almost gets, like those are actual things. Right. Like we have observed those. And so like they cross things like that with just purely fantastical, you know, all the imagery of the quantum realm is completely made up. You know, it's not sure. like, so yeah, I don't, I don't know even how to comment on it. <laughs> I mean, the quantum mechanics, I mean, they're down is like, there in a, yeah, they're down there in a level beneath subatomic. No, no, it's not even beneath Nate. It's all around us through. They're through it, which the uh, I was left thinking. How do you locate somebody uh, 
when you have basically infinite space and within a micron there is a bajillion yeah literally a bajillion things but they uh cleverly solve that by just having uh oh we're just going to triangulate it uh between four and seven okay yeah you cannot watch this movie thinking scientifically like i would i would right. really love to hear like neil degrasse tyson comment on this uh all his theories but anyway should we rate it shall we rate let's, it Nate? let's do it well and i had was trying to save mentioning these until now but now that we've said it on a scale of zero to five tardigrades the apparently flesh-eating animals that live in the quantum realm mm-hmm why don't, I think I went first last time. So who? how do you rate this movie? I'm going to give this movie three and a half tardigrades. <laughs> As if there were three full ones. The fourth one got stuck in your ear, and they, you know, they tried to use the alligator forceps, pulled out the back half of it. Triggering, triggering me right now. Which, by the way, there are probably billions of tardigrades in our ears right now. Mm, that's right. That is true. Um... So yeah, three and a half. I thought this movie was perfectly serviceable. It's not my favorite, <laughs> but it's not uh, Thor Dark World, which, if you didn't know, one of my least favorites. So Interesting. It was perfectly fine. I think Paul Rudd has enough charisma to carry this movie by himself, uh, but yes, it did feel like yes. a stepping stone to just, I want to see the next Avengers movie. That's exactly right. What? Did I miss something in the very, very last end credit scene with the ant playing the drums? Was it literally just the ant playing the drums? Yep. No, that's all it was. Large, comically large ant, um, men in black style. Interesting. Okay, well, I am going to literally exactly agree with you and give it three and a half tardigrades because I think the action fight scenes are really enjoyable. Not super airtight plot or you know deep or whatever but it's fun to watch worth it serviceable i think it's a great word for it and it does kind of just follow along and yeah paul paul rudd is uh he, he's fun to watch and his compatriots they're um they make a good good uh chemistry cast and i, li- I like the hank pym character i feel like he plays that really well all right so we have a special top five today very special <laughs> <laughs> top five thanksgiving sides now is, is there a reason you you chose to ignore like main dishes in this uh, top five choosing well okay now uh, uh, now i'm concerned that i was not clear in my communication what oh, i boy. really mean is non-turkey thanksgiving dishes okay yeah 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 does that sound that cool works. with you? I mean, that's what yeah, I was. Yeah, that's what I was envisioning. Like, I'm. I know some people do different things other than turkey, but I was going with the traditional turkey. Which, by the way, uh, we bought a turkey this week, <laughs> twenty-five cents a pound. This turkey, a twenty-pound turkey, was five dollars. Ish. Are you sure the turkey's okay? There's not like a roach stuck in yeah, there somewhere. It's a butterball. Oh, okay, it's yeah. It's the best deal. My wife wanted to go back to that Walmart and just buy five more and just, I don't know if she wanted to throw them at people's windows or just like leave them on the doorstep like the uh, 
<laughs> like turkey a ding, elf from like the a, shelf. Was it a ding and dash or like a ring and dash? <laughs> like ding dong ring ditch. Thank you very much. Yes, I got you. Ditch. Thank you. <sighs> okay, so top five non-turkey Thanksgiving items. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, real quick question: Is dessert going to come into play? Because I have oh. something to adjust if it is. I I haven't. I did not make dessert part of my list. But if you did, I I'm gonna can make, make changes. No, I, I did not put dessert in the list. Perfect. Let's but I'm gonna not. make I'm gonna make a one comment here. Might ruffle a lot of feathers. I am not a huge fan of many of the Thanksgiving fall related desserts. Okay. No, 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 no. That's, uh, I think that's, it's not, uh, I don't like apple pie. Well, that, okay. That's blasphemy. That's, (laughs) I thought you were saying mostly like the, the pumpkin-y, nutmeg-y, allspice kind of flavors, which I see that as being like, oh, so pumpkin pie. So America, you're not into. (laughs) (laughs) My wife makes a pumpkin cheesecake. That is great. Okay. Yeah. And I, I enjoy great. that. But apple pie, something about apple pie. I didn't like it as a kid. Ooh. I just don't like it now. I don't know. We'll dig into that in a later day. Let's go <laughs> to the side dishes. Okay. okay. All right. Well, Give me uh, your number five. All right. My number five is a good mac and cheese. Not uh, some you know watery mac and cheese. I'm talking about a <laughs> thick baked mac and cheese. Thick. T-H-I-C-C, mac and cheese. Mm. It's my number five. Wonderful. My number five is a, just a nice tossed salad. I'm talking, <laughs> got, I'm talking got some nuts, got some, uh, maybe some cranberry bits in there. Because here's the thing. You're going to find a theme here coming up real quick. Okay. Um, but... Listen, mac and cheese was never part of my Thanksgiving tradition. If it was, mm. I would have it there. Obviously, I'm looking for excuses to have mac and cheese on the regular. Right, right. And I love when <laughs> restaurants give me fancy mac and cheese because yes. it lets adults be like, yeah, I'm an adult, but I really want mac and cheese right now. Listen, when I oh, you're going to add bacon to it? Oh, like yes. Dust on some Parmesan? Sure. Mm. We'll call this an adult meal. When I discovered potatoes au gratin, mm-hmm. let me say, anywhere it's available, I'm going to get that <laughs> au gratin. But okay, a side salad. That's your number five. All right, very good. Um, well, my number four, I'm going to pull on the Hispanic Thanksgivings that I grew up having. And I'm going to say arroz con gandules which in the Hispanic tradition is a rice with uh, gandules. I don't, know how we, I don't know how those translate, but the little uh, green, uh, they're not peas, but they look like pea-looking things. So my grandma made it. It was very good. Oh, okay. I'm looking up gandules right now. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Arroz con gandules. It was, uh, it was a staple, yeah. And I know rice is not a, a usual, you know, Thanksgiving side, but but yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay, you've you you've introduced a new a new set. All right, new wrinkle. My next number four. Mm-hmm. Buttered rolls. <laughs> now, yes, this is going to be such a white bread. 
yes. set up, but I don't even care. A warm, fresh, buttered roll. Mm. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm. Here's what I want to <laughs> let everyone know. I don't believe in savories and sweets mixing on my plate. I don't. I but Amen. but everything on my list, minus the salad, which can be in a separate bowl, can come together. The savories can all mix together. And what the buttered roll helps you do is wipe up every delectable drop of gravy, etc., etc. It is the sweeper. It is the vacuum of the plate. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, that's great. Because my number three is also a buttered roll. And, you know, pre-keto, all the breads, all the breads, let me tell you. And so, you better believe, on Thanksgiving, I hit those breads hard. (laughs) And your body says, please no, (laughs) please don't do this to me. It either shuts down or the floodgates come wide open, one way or the other. (laughs) But I'm eating all the bread. And, you know, you brought up an interesting point as far as mixing. Now, growing up... I wanted literal walls in between mm-hmm. in between my food. They have that for children, but apparently adults, unless you're at a, <laughs> at, the adults, it's it's typically frowned upon unless you're at a right. a cookout and they have a a walled styrofoam tray. Right. So, so I was a child, and growing up, cranberry sauce was never something that I enjoyed. Yeah, uh, yes. I just didn't yes. do it. But as I've grown older. I used to think like a child. Mm-hmm. I acted Talk like, a, like child. a child. Exactly. Now I think like a man. You've put away and childish I things. I put away childish things. Thank you. I observed other people having this practice of mixing the turkey. I call it stuffing. People down south call it dressing. I'm going to say stuffing. Turkey, stuffing, cranberry sauce. No, no, no. Mixing it in one bite. No, that's an abomination. Eating all three. No. It is a please no. magnifique. Stop, 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 stop. It's beautiful. I it's beautiful specifically thing. said the savories and the, okay. The cran there is usually a cranberry dish. And that cranberry yes. dish, whether it's you mix it up into a fancy little cranberry salad thing or you just have it all plain. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Cranberries is the how do I say this? The yeast in the dough, the mold in the cheese of my Thanksgiving tray. Mm. Um, I, it, that red, red tide of cranberry <laughs> runs into all of these, these great savories and pollutes them. Oh, man. Now you're talking it about the, the canned. Nile all over again. Are you talking about the canned cranberry or like, have you ever had like real... I've like I've had both. Homie. I've had everything. Okay, I've lived right. thirty years on this world. And I've tried <laughs> many a cranberry dish. Okay, okay. And if they touch my stuffing, <laughs> both are ruined. <gasps> okay. Thank you for your time. But with the this yeast roll, you, talk. <laughs> <laughs> you you mix everything with the yeast roll. You just kind of slurp it all up. But there's no cranberry on there anyway. No cranberry. I have created a plate that is perfectly cohesive. Okay. All right. All right. Anyway. What's number two? Oh, you're. 
Oh, that's right. I went first. I'm sorry. Yes, you're number three. My number three is green bean casserole. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking straight up the onion crisps on top, mm-hmm. the mushroom mm-hmm. soup in there. I don't yep. need it fancy. I'm talking whatever's on the can of green beans because that's the only recipe that <laughs> Del Monte's ever put on a green bean can because <laughs> they know this is what you're getting. Yep. Green bean yep. casserole. Now, yeah. this dish can blend with everything else on the on the tray. Get a little uh-huh. turkey in there, fine. <laughs> Scoop it up with the roll, perfect. So okay. that's right. bean casserole. I'm going to retroactively put that in my honorable mentions list, because that is, okay. I do enjoy that very much. So, for my number two, I'm going back to my Hispanic roots. Mm. And since we use clarified non-turkey dish, doesn't have to be side dish, every Thanksgiving, my grandmother made a ham with pineapples and other stuff, which messes with your sweet and savory mm-hmm, deal. Mm-hmm, it does. But this, this ham was delicious. I don't like ham most other places. I don't like ham in a sandwich. If I have anything breakfasty, I'd rather have bacon, not like ham. But this Thanksgiving ham was delish. Mm. And I remember it very fondly. I respect it. It's interesting it's a meal that can have turkey and ham together and that's not uh, an abnormal thing. That's right. It really is like strange. You're like, oh yeah, you can, you can choose. Or you can the have lion, the ham as a side. The lion and the sheep laying together. Exactly. Yeah. Turkey and a ham. Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving paradise. All right, here I'm we ba- go. Number two for me. Yes. Okay, go. Mashed potatoes and gravy. Yes. Now. I I do not care what type of gravy, but right. the only correct way to eat it is to create a mashed potatoes volcano. That's and right. Hopefully, because it's a fancy day, the gravy boat has emerged from the dusty cupboard <laughs> once a year. Once a year, and I don't care brown, white does not matter, and that that lava can flow all over the plate for mm. all I care. And do you, if you have dark meat turkey you don't need to put um you know you don't need to put gravy on there but if it's white meat you're trying to be a little healthier you might need a little extra and there's no shame in drizzling the gravy over the turkey as well <laughs> that's my well, number two fitting because my number one is also mashed potatoes and gravy nothing beats a good mashed potatoes and gravy so I'm curious what your number one is, because I might have to change my list <laughs> if I'm not expecting no, no. it. No, it's, uh, no, I don't think you have to change it. It's a personal preference. Okay. I love stuffing. <laughs> stuffing is the number one for me. Yep. Stuffing can have gravy on it. Stuffing can mix with everything else on my plate. I don't, I don't know. I never have stuffing other than Thanksgiving, except right. one time. When I moved out of the house and went to college, <laughs> the first time I went grocery shopping by myself, I got myself Reese's Puff cereal, and also I got a couple boxes of stovetop stuffing, because I learned they sell it all year round, <laughs> and I can have it whenever I want. Not seasonal. Nope. 
So stuffing is excellent. Um, just yes. to go back to mashed potatoes, they were right at the top. One A and one B for me. Yeah, one of yeah. my favorite mashed potato memories is my grandma, Baranowski, would mm. make the smoothest. She would whip the potatoes into uh, a frenzy. Just a frenzy. A frenzy. <laughs> and that, I have great, uh, great memories of having yeah. those mashed potatoes and whole milk with my meal. And then mm. for this, right after the meal, I'd swig down some Oberweiss. Eggnog. Eggnog. So we're we're gonna end like that was a happy note, but because this oh, is nice. a complicated podcast full of difficult ideas, I wanted to bring yes. up sweet potatoes with marshmallows. I find yeah. this one of the ultimate abominations of Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I always thought I hated sweet potatoes until I learned you can have them savory and they are great. Right. Because they're already sweet naturally. You don't need to add more sweetness. (laughs) But I wanted to get your thoughts. What do you think about... Is that part of your family tradition? And what do you think about it? Growing up, we did it every Thanksgiving. And I remember it was always a fight to get as many marshmallows as possible. (laughs) And basically, we just skim it. Skim skim the top. (laughs) Exactly. Skim the top of it. Because I wasn't crazy about the sweet potatoes themselves. It was just the marshmallows I, I wanted. Right. And so I, I, I don't, you know, I don't care for them. I've had sweet potato fries, and those are good. But I have had a, a dish. It's a sweet potato casserole with almonds, crushed almonds, and something else. And that blew my mind. Okay. That is very good. And uh, I almost eat it as a dessert on Thanksgiving because, um, yeah, I don't know, it tastes desserty almost. So I like that. But but the traditional marshmallow sweet potatoes, you know, if I see that uh, nowadays, I just I just pass over. It's like Passover. Right. Passover. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. Um, just a a, a quick brief uh, editor's note here. Yes. Desserts that I love uh, around Thanksgiving time, I'd have a pumpkin pie with some um, ice cream, a limode, yep. or with some Kuip. Uh, my mother makes an excellent pumpkin bar. Uh, oh. but any, and anything cheesecakey obviously just feels yes. amazing as well. So yes. those are a couple of my dessert favorites. Yes. I ate a really good pumpkin pie, but again, I said my wife makes pumpkin cheesecake which is the best of all worlds. Right. It's if you can good. add cheesecake to a dish. That's right. It just makes it better. And for some reason, I just love these in general. But having a brownie on Thanksgiving, hmm. I enjoy that. Have it with yeah. some eggnog. You're welcome. <laughs> I, need to, I need to get some for next week. Well, for this week, Thanksgiving. I'll get some eggnog. And I do want to mention one other thing. I... Almost as much as Thanksgiving dinner, enjoy the turkey sandwiches mm. that night or the next couple of days. They're very good with some mayonnaise. Now, now, do you? Yes, I actually do put mayonnaise on it. <laughs> do you? Last question, maybe. Do you guys do Thanksgiving as more of a lunch or more of a dinner? Um, I think traditionally it has always been lunch. Yes. Maybe not always. It's been mostly lunch. Yeah. Followed by a little NFL 
right. viewing. I don't know what your afternoons look like if they don't involve NFL. Uh, but then usually dinner, you, you already start breaking into sandwich world. Yes, that's exactly the case. Agreed. Uh, and also because this will be the same week that comes out uh, for this podcast. Uh, as far as Black Friday, do you participate in that? I assume that you've moved to a, a entirely Cyber Monday <laughs> self. <laughs> we need to talk about Black Friday. In whatever next episode we we do, okay, very good. Because I I have some stories, but I'll just briefly share my current Black Friday practice, which is to leisurely wake up whenever I want, typically late, and go observe the carnage at whatever store I feel like perusing. I look around and buy nothing, and then I go home. Oh well, that sounds like you've hit uh, the low lights of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I remember back when I would buy movies on physical discs, mm-hmm. I would usually hit those sales up. But now, I mean, there's so many good deals online. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't go out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Makes sense. Are you going out this Black Friday? No, 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 no. I, <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe if my wife wants to go out, I will go out. The only great thing about that I remember from Black Friday shopping is that if you go out super early, that by the time you're done, it's breakfast time. And if you're out, you can go have breakfast in a <laughs> restaurant. Yes. So enjoy Bob. That is a good feeling. Happy Black Friday. <laughs> or you can come yeah. back and have turkey sandwiches. <laughs> right. And I do, uh, you know, Growing up, stores were never open on Thanksgiving Day. It was always only Black Friday morning. But now, but these days they don't care about your family. Only I mean, the it's like line. <laughs> three p.m. All the sales are going on, and but all that to say, I actually would and do prefer to try and go at like midnight Thanksgiving Day and get something than try and to sleep like, wake in. up super early. Right. Yeah, I don't. I do like that idea, but still don't do it really. <laughs> so. Well, we will talk more about Black Friday next yes, episode. Yes, yes, out of stories. Listeners, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. From, yes, and we hope you enjoy time with family, friends, but most of all, with movies on the side. And if you can't get enough, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Movies on the Side. Go to the website, moviesontheside.com, and the iTunes store to rate us. We know you're out there. We know you haven't rated us yet. So for this Thanksgiving miracle, go give us five stars. That was kind of weird. I'm going to go with it. <laughs> I kind of conflated oh, a number of thoughts there. I love the idea of a Thanksgiving miracle, though. You know, I said it, and then I was like, wait a minute. That's never been a thing. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.